the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to a new edition of Vatican Insider with a new segment whose cup, shall we say, overflows. After the new summary, stay right here for part two of my conversation with Patrick Kelly, Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus, and David Nalieri, writer and director of the film produced by the Knights, Teresa of Calcutta, No Greater Love. The movie premiered in Rome at the end of August. This week, we look at some of the challenges and highlights of filming this documentary, and I ask both Patrick and David if they learned something they never knew about Mother Teresa during the filming. And now to the week's headlines. Sunday, September 11th. At the Angelus, Pope Francis requested prayers for what he called a pilgrimage of peace. He said his trip to Kazakhstan that starts Tuesday the 13th will be an opportunity to meet a great many religious representatives and to dialogue as brothers and sisters animated by our common desire for peace, peace for which our world is thirsting. Also with the Angelus, Pope Francis said we continue to pray for the Ukrainian people, that the Lord will give them comfort and hope. He announced that for the fourth time he has sent Cardinal Konrad Krajewski, Prefect of the Dicastery for the Service of Charity, to Ukraine to visit various communities and offer concrete witness to the closeness of the Pope and the Church. Also with the Angelus, the Pope remembered in his thoughts and prayers Sister Maria de Coppi, a Camboni missionary who was killed last week in Mozambique, where she served with love for nearly 60 years. May her witness give strength and courage to Christians and to all the people of Mozambique. Monday, September 12th, Pope Francis released his third message for the 37th World Youth Day, his final message of a trilogy. The 2023 World Youth Day will be held in August in Lisbon, Portugal. Francis noted that over the last few years in each message, we have reflected on numerous themes, all having in common the word arise, a word that also speaks to us of getting up from our slumber, waking up to the life all around us. Also Monday, Pope Francis met with a Swiss student association, marking the 75th anniversary of the canonization of St. Nicholas of Fleury, the patron of Switzerland and of their association. He said the right to study should not be taken for granted, as there are numerous people around the world, especially women, who do not have access to education. Also Monday, Pope Francis received in audience about 5,000 participants of Italy's Confindustria, the General Confederation of Italian Industry. He said these are difficult times for everyone, including the business world. In times of crisis, such as pandemics and wars, Francis said the good entrepreneur also suffers. And he distinguished between entrepreneurs like the Good Shepherd and mercenary entrepreneurs. Also Monday, Pope Francis made a brief stop at the Roman Basilica of St. Mary Major to entrust his 38th apostolic journey abroad to the Blessed Virgin Mary, the icon Salus Populi Romani. Tuesday, September 13th, 
Notwithstanding his mobility limitations, Pope Francis left for a three-day visit to Kazakhstan to take part in the Seventh Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions to be held in the capital city of Nur Sultan on September 14 and 15. On his arrival in the Kazakh capital of Nur Sultan after a six-and-a-half-hour flight, the Holy Father met with civil authorities and the diplomatic corps in Kazakhstan and urged them to find harmony, as they do in their history and traditions, to allow peace and democracy to prevail in the country. The 550 ethnic groups and the over 80 languages present in the country with their diverse histories and cultural and religious traditions make Kazakhstan a unique multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-religious laboratory and disclose its particular vocation, that of being a country of encounter, said the Pope. Wednesday, September 14th. The first major event on the Pope's schedule took place when he addressed participants at the Seventh Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions. Over 100 delegations from 50 countries are attending the Congress, made up of religious, cultural, civil, governmental, and non-governmental representatives. Francis said the pursuit of transcendence and the sacred value of fraternity can inspire and illumine the decisions that need to be made amid the geopolitical, social, economic, ecological, but fundamentally spiritual crises that many modern institutions, including democracies, are presently experiencing to the detriment of security and concord among peoples. We need religion in order to respond to the thirst for world peace and the thirst for the infinite that dwells in the heart of each man and woman. Also Wednesday, Pope Francis presided at Mass for the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross at the Expo Grounds in Nur Sultan. He said, From the crucified Jesus, Christians learn love, not hatred, compassion, not indifference, forgiveness, not vengeance. Although representing less than 1% of the country's population, members of Kazakhstan's small Catholic community turned out by the thousands to participate in Mass. Thursday, September 15th. On his third and final day in Kazakhstan, the Pope met with bishops, priests, deacons, consecrated persons, seminarians, and lay pastoral workers at the Cathedral of the Mother of God of Perpetual Help in Nur Sultan. He encouraged them to embrace their spiritual inheritance with joy and to bear generous witness to it in order to testify to the promise of Christian hope. Later Thursday, in concluding remarks at the Congress, Francis urged all religions and societies to involve women and young people in the quest for world peace. He thanked those present for coming from so many different parts of the world. We have traveled this road together. Members' commitment in the service of dialogue over the course of the conference is more valuable than ever when the problems of a pandemic have been compounded by the utter folly of war. The Holy Father left Kazakhstan in late afternoon Thursday, arriving Rome about 8 p.m. He held a lengthy and informative in-flight press conference with the 80 journalists accompanying him on his apostolic trip. The Holy Father had hoped to meet Russian Orthodox Patriarch Kirill in this meeting, but Kirill pulled out suddenly last month. China's President Xi Jinping was in Nur Sultan the same time as the Pope. Reports later in the week said the Vatican had reached out for a meeting, but China declined. 
Well, no rest for the weary. On Friday, September 16th, the Pope addressed participants in the general chapter of the Order of Cistercians of the Strict Observance. He encouraged them to pursue four dreams in order to edify and improve oneself and one's community. A dream of communion, a dream of participation, a dream of mission, and a dream of formation. Well, those are the highlights of the past week, and there were so many that time only allowed for a very brief summary of each event. So, no time left for a Q&A, but now, stay tuned for my conversation with Patrick Kelly, Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus, and David Nalieri, writer and director of the film produced by the Knights, Teresa of Calcutta, No Greater Love. She was a mystic and reformer who died at the age of 33. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Catherine of Siena accomplished something no one thought possible. She convinced Pope Gregory XI to return to Rome after the popes had lived in France for almost the whole of the 14th century. They've been there ever since. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Are you ready to spread your wings? Wings is the weekly newsletter that's packed with exclusive news, program information, features, and updates of all that's going on at the Global Catholic Network. To sign up, go to EWTN.com, click subscribe, enter your name and email address, and you'll start getting your wings every week. Get your wings today. It's the weekly newsletter from EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Welcome back to part two of the interview segment of Vatican Insider with my guests, Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus, Patrick Kelly, and David Nalieri, writer and director of the film produced by the Knights, Teresa of Calcutta, No Greater Love. This week, we look at some of the challenges and highlights of filming this documentary, and I ask both Patrick and David if they learned something they never knew about Mother Teresa during the filming. The movie premiered in Rome at the end of August and will be shown in 940 theaters in the U.S. for two days only, Monday, October 3rd and Tuesday, October 4th. Go to MotherTeresaMovie.com for tickets. This is also on my blog, Jones Rome. That was actually one of my questions. Yeah. What were some of the challenges? Yeah, well, there were, there, there were many challenges. Obviously, we we're going into really difficult, um, you know, Mother Teresa said we're going to the darkest holes of the world to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ, serve the poorest of the poor, and we wanted to be authentic and to do that as well. So the film really takes us uh, to the work, of, for example, Tijuana in Mexico, where they work with migrants. We filmed in Nairobi, Kenya, in these oh. really hard, hard uh, very difficult circumstances and slums there where they work with the very severely disabled children. And then in Brazil that uh, Supreme Knight Kelly was referencing, um, there's the favelas, which are these slums that even the police will not enter into, and they're completely dominated by these drug lords, basically. And we had to we had to go through a difficult situation because we wanted to bring our film crews in. We wanted to ensure that they were safe, and typically what you would do um, would, would be to provide security. But security would not be allowed in by the drug lords that govern these favelas. But, interestingly enough, because of the great work of the missionaries of charity, they're respected. 
and they're loved and esteemed and protected even by these drug lords. They allow them to do their work because they know they're doing God's work and they're, they're helping the poorest of the poor. And so they let them be at peace. And so we had to make the decision to you know, bring our film crews in, um, not with any security, but under the protection, the mantle of the missionaries of charity. And so that was just one of the little decisions that goes into the traveling and the logistic and putting this all together. And we pulled it off uh, perfectly with the, with the work of the sisters and, and they, them there. to Obviously, we've got some spiritual cover as well with working with sure. them. But that's a little glimpse into a lot of the, what goes on behind the scenes uh, making a film like this. But you really conveyed, I mean... When I would see the images of the favelas and, and any of the poor, poor, poor areas where she and the nuns went without hesitation at all. I mean, you should, you know, they didn't like peek around corners. Can I go around the corner? They just went. And, um, but you conveyed that poverty, how destitute and desperate people could be. And, and yet here's this little woman that came along who I said was a giant. You know, could anybody be more of a giant than this diminutive little woman? So, um, for you, Patrick, what are were some of the highlights of of the filming and the places you went to? Well, you know, I I think for me, what what the film has captured is is Mother Teresa's radical surrender. To the will of God. So I think if you if you if you take a step back and you look at the film, and there are many many beautiful and very poignant episodes and vignettes in the film, but if you really take a step back, what you see is Mother Teresa as a as a a, a prophet of the dignity of the human person. Like every everyone matters. There is no expendable person. The, the, the person who's dying, who will die that day in Calcutta, the, the unwed mothers and, 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 and babies in, in San Francisco or Baltimore. So there's this dignity of the human person, I think, that is so important. But, but I also think on a, on a personal level, for everyone who watches this film, what you can see is that, that you are called by the Lord to surrender. Now... We can't, we can't all go to the slums of Calcutta, right? And on one hand, you could see the film, and you could say, oh gosh, I, I can't go to the slums of Calcutta. Well, the Lord's not calling you to do that. No. The Lord is calling you to surrender your life where he has put you right now. And I think that's really one of the, one of the, the really big messages of, of this film, that, that we're called to that in, in any state of life. I think that's one of the first things I, that I said to you at the premiere at NAC. I, I said, how many people in the world, an extraordinarily small number, could ever do what Mother Teresa did, what these nuns do today? They, they go out there, they know they are going to have to be with people who are emaciated and dying and hold their hands. They're going to have to be with people who have terrible sores on their body, but they can't be afraid to touch them because that would tr- transmit itself to the person. So these are extremely graced, rare, gifted people. I know I can't do that. I don't think I could help anybody like that in Rome, even if it was one person. But, okay, what are my gifts? My gift might be to create an awareness of the people that are out there suffering. Could I volunteer within my limits? Because if God wanted me to do more, he'd give me grace to do more. So I do think it can create an awareness among people that 
no, we can't be missionaries of charity, but we can be missionaries in another way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and that's, and that's uh, the, the Lord has called you to that. He's put you where you are for a reason, so, so you're, you're to serve him. Whatever, whether you're a journalist, whether you're doing, whether you're doing film like David does, whether you're leading a Catholic organization like I do, we each have a mission and, and a personal call to well, surrender. And, and I've discovered people, bakers, who, okay, the place where you buy your bread and what do you think about Joe's life because you don't know very much. But then you kind of find out about Joe's life or Giuseppe and you find out about all the goods that he gives to the poor. So it's not just what he's selling in his store and making a living off of. It could be a better living if he sold more bread, but he gives much to the poor. I have a friend who owns a wonderful restaurant, Taverna Agape. I'll give him publicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's near Piazza Navona. And he feeds 30 homeless people every single Sunday. He, in his kitchen, beautiful, wonderful food, he prepares it and brings it to a center. What he used to do but it had become a little more difficult. He, had, he would have 50 people four times a year, homeless people. And he's in touch with the Vatican to find, you know, get to know all these people. So people we don't think of. We go to their restaurant, we have a great dinner, he you know, takes care of us. But if you stop, to try and find out. This is what you do find out. You know. Now David, as you were putting the script together, yeah. you must have said to yourself, oh there's so much I want to say. How did you end up with some, you know, cutting on the cutting ground. <laughs> That's a great question. That's the hardest part of this project because we wanted to make a, the definitive film of Mother Teresa's life. We also wanted to give a gift to the missionaries of charity with a lot of footage and interviews that they can kind of have in archives, institutional memory. Because the missionaries of charity are not publicity seekers. No. They're not going out hiring film crews to document what they're doing. So they're not focusing on that at all. They're f- strictly focused on the poorest of the poor. So. The point is, we filmed a lot, a lot more than even we really needed, and so it was very difficult for me to make those decisions. Oh yeah. But I think what, we, what you do as a filmmaker is you try to hit up, develop the major themes you want to tackle, and you try to find the what's going to illustrate that in the most powerful way. So as you watch the footage and you listen to the interviews, you find some of the most compelling characters and some of the strongest testimonials, and uh, and so and so we we have these various apostles we chronicle we have little vignettes and the film is told in a non-linear fashion so you get the whole story of Mother Teresa through flashbacks and it's anchored by these uh, short segments that highlight various apostolates we mentioned before in Nairobi, Kenya and that was one that one of the ones that moved me greatly because they, they work with these severely disabled children oh. and you have scenes for example with missionaries of charity uh, nursing little babies with hydrocephalus these very large swollen heads Yes. and for me it was just very convicting going back to what Supreme Knight Kelly was saying how she was an apostle of the dignity of the human person um, and that comes across very powerfully and all the images in the film where they're caring for people who are Jesus in the d- distressing disguise and, um, and then we focus on some really great individual stories as well. So there's a testimony, for example, in our film from Jim Wahlberg, who wound up joining our film as an executive yes. producer. And he's oh, the, the interviews were amazing. Yeah. And Jim, just very briefly, is the older brother of Mark Wahlberg, uh, had a very difficult childhood, right. got involved in drugs and crime, wound up spending six to nine year prison sentence. In prison has a very powerful encounter with Mother Teresa who visited yes. the prisoners and who just gave them a sense of their dignity. And her words there, he said he felt as though God sent her just for him. And her words there transformed his life. He comes to faith, and now he's a, a prominent Catholic speaker, evangelist. And just there's a lot of stories like that 
uh, where you see mother's ability to transform lives uh, because she was representing Christ, because she was almost this, uh, this perfect channel for Christ's grace. And so those are the ways, the kind of thought process that went into selecting the testimonies and, right. uh, and the segments we use in the film. And Jan Petrie, whom I know, who's a friend of mine, and her brother, Father Bill Petrie, he's in Hawaii now. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's on the Guild for the cause I'm on, mm-hmm. Joseph Dutton. But he was with Mother Teresa for 25 years. I'm going to send you the link to the radio interview I did with him because there are some astonishing stories about his first days with Mother Teresa, how he even got there. He'd written her, and he said he wanted to volunteer and come and, and work with the victims of leprosy, etc., in particular, and he never got an answer. He kept writing. Finally, one day, he packed a bag, and he went, and basically Mother Teresa said, well, this is how we handle things. If people want to come, they come. You know, he was, she wasn't going to answer his letter. So uh, Father Bill was an amazing source. You know, Joan, one thing that's so interesting, and I've learned, I learned in this process was how the missionaries, they, they don't like to have their photographs taken. I was going to ask you to tell that story. Yeah, because it, really, it, it is really interesting. Uh, they just don't like it. It's not who they are. And so, so they, they, will, they will concede to have their photograph taken and they joke that it's it's a soul coming out of purgatory because they're suffering to have the, the photograph taken. So it's really it's really interesting. I think David did a great job of of, of coaxing them. Okay, okay, sisters, we we're going to film this segment. Just hang in there and, and work with us. Well, I took pictures of the theater, but I took them from the back, so they they probably won't have any questions. Now, did either of you, in your research, talking to people, archives, whatever? Did either of you discover anything about Mother Teresa where you went, oh, I didn't know that? That's a good question. I mean, I, I, I would say going into the project, I didn't have a, a, a tremendous knowledge of Mother Teresa. You know, I, I knew about her as a leading um, great saint, and I knew the basic aspects of her story, but, uh, but not a lot of the detail. Um, one of the one of the things that struck me was all the little anecdotal stories of just how bold and courageous she was, but bold in a positive way. And yeah. one, one little anecdote I, I learned was, uh, for example, she wanted to open a house in San Francisco, and she went in and, and uh, was given a, a tour by the sisters of a potential building, and it was at 10 o'clock and on a Sunday night. And she told her dri- driver, um, take me to the house of the mayor. And so the driver drove her to the house of the mayor of San Francisco. She knocked on the door at 10.30 at night on a Sunday and said, can I come in for a meeting? And he was stunned. This is Mother Teresa. She walks in, and she proceeds to ask him to, for him to donate the land for this new home. And he couldn't say no to Mother Teresa, so he called up the, the guy in charge of the land surveying, who knows who owns it. By the morning, next morning, he had found out, okay, it's owned by this organization. And within a couple of days, he had gotten the home for her. So it shows you what, what she was able to do, this kind of force of nature. Um, and I think she was given a, a gift by God of this charisma and this fame that eventually happened. And she used all that capital for, for the poorest of the poor. Very few people in the world, and maybe only one, can knock on the mayor of a door oh, sure. mayor at 1030 on a sure. Sunday. And she did it um, for the poorest of the poor. And so that's one little anecdote that gave me a but glimpse of personality. And I don't think the word political was ever, ever associated yeah. with her, yeah. whether capital letters or small. It yeah. was, so that also was an advantage. Yeah, and, and I think that that's what struck me, too, was how Mother Teresa... She had her, her, her mission to serve the poor. But in a way, personally, that changed as the missionaries grew. She really had, she had to take the world stage. You know, meeting with heads of state, going to the White House, yeah. you know, going to the United Nations, getting the Nobel Peace Prize. 
this would not have been easy for her to do. No. And I... If she's going to be in a crowd, it would have been the dying and the destitute. Yeah, yeah. And, and I learned through the process of this film that she, she did not think of herself as a public speaker and she didn't like to speak publicly. And uh, she, would, she would say a prayer to the Blessed Mother and she would cross her lips before she would speak. And, uh, but when you listen to her, she's really such... She's so eloquent eloquent and uh and just simple the, phrases yes that just made you go wow and and really think about it or remember my favorite thing when she gets up at the speak at the nobel peace prize and she ends up telling everybody they got to stop abortion you know yeah. nobody was expecting that but um i i know your time is is so limited here and we'll have another visit in you know coming months and years but um, I'd love each of you to, if you had one sentence, maybe two, as to why you made no greater love and what you hope people will take away. Mm-hmm. For me, it's this. Mother Teresa said, I can go places you can't go. You can go places I can't go. But together, we can do something beautiful for God. And to, to me, that's the essence of this film, is that we, we come together in unity each with our different gifts and talents, but we do it for the Lord. To, to, me, that, to me, that's what it says to me. That really struck me. And what I meant to say, David, before I get your uh, take on this too, was that talking about the filming, what I saw, I went home and my mind was just reeling with scenes and ideas. And what I saw was all these threads you were able to put together and the tapestry that came out in this film called No Greater Love is really beautiful. Now your sentence as to (laughs) why people should... Well, I'll turn to a phrase my dad says a lot, that we have to pass the baton on to the next generation. And I think it's our duty and our responsibility for me personally as a filmmaker who's a Catholic, but also as a member of the Knights of Columbus. It's an organization that has a tremendous reach uh, to whom much is given, much is granted, uh, much is expected. And, um, and I think a big part of this project, as Mr. Kelly said, is passing the faith on to the next generation, passing the story of Mother Teresa on to the next generation. Uh, a little more than a sentence I gave you, but no, that, that's, what it, that's what it comes down to for me. No, I, you're, you're both right. You both have, have really captured it. And um, this will be October 3rd and 4th, appearing in 940 theaters in America. You can get your tickets online. I posted that on my blog yesterday. I will post it several more times so people can be aware. And um, by the way, I should have said this halfway through our talk. I have been talking with Patrick Kelly, Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus. And excuse me for just calling you Patrick. Sure. You, I feel like you're a friend. <laughs> and, and, and David Nalieri, who's the writer and director of the film No Greater Love of this amazing saint that we all do love. So thank you both for your time. And we'll see each other soon again, and, and I urge people, find a way to see this film. Thank you, Joan. It was great to be with you. Thank you so much, Joan. Really appreciate your time. Well, safe travels to both of you, and as my mom used to sign her emails, God sit on your shoulder. Yes, <laughs> that one, great. So. great. Thank you. For more information on these stories, or to check out Joan's blog, and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.